Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From a hidden network of top secret, highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast with Express News sports editor Nick Talbot and beat writers Tom Ringo Starr Orsborne and the polarizing Jeff McDonald. I am Mike Finger. Um, we are coming to you during a Interesting week for the local cagers. Uh, they keep losing players. Um, I guess they're getting some back, but they they don't have all stars. They don't have their full roster, but they're right there near the top of the Western Conference. How are they pulling this off, Jeff McDonald? Smoke and mirrors, bailing wire, and chewing gum. I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny. They could really be 2-0 and in these shorthanded games, too. If they would have pulled off that, that win over Oklahoma City to start this little uh, undermanned run, that, that really would have been something. Um, I, I thought rallying um, to, to, you know, getting it together to beat New Orleans was a pretty big win for them because, um, you know, they did not win that game against Oklahoma City, which I thought they, they could have and they certainly had a chance to. And New Orleans is a more talented team than that. And kind of look like if, if they didn't get that game, it was going to be a long, dark period. Now they've split those two games. Um, they've, they've got a pretty pretty tough back-to-back coming up here at the AT&T Center. Um, but they're going to start get, to get some more bodies back here in the next few days. And um, maybe they have sort of they, – they can sort of survive this stretch without without really tanking it too, too badly. Tom. Yes, sir. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, do you have any I feel like uh, a teacher like calling on people in class do you have any uh, trenchant uh, uh, bits of insight as to as, as, as to what happened this past week well DeMar DeRozan <laughs> coming back uh, Saturday night against New Orleans I mean that was huge uh, what a game he had it's really really something to see the way he played you know coming off what he went through and and just you know, gosh, what a performance. I mean, 11 assists and one turnover, um, you know, just everything, everything clicked for him. It was, it was really fun to see. Um, you know, I like their chances on this back to back actually. Um, just like I liked them in Oklahoma city. Uh, there's something about being shorthanded and, and, you know, having to play guys from the bottom of the bench and, and calling up from the G league that I don't know. It just, it just works for them with, and it, you, you got to attribute it to pop. I mean, whatever, whatever the man does, it works in, in those kind of situations. And, you know, James Harden, uh, you know, just something about being in the AT&T center that, that uh, throws him off, I think, and what they do against him defensively. So I kind of like their chances to finish strong going into the all-star break. The ghost of Mano swooping down yeah. from the rafters to, uh, to block him I, from behind. I, I think so. I think that I think that's part of it, Mike. The you know Jeff mentioned how 
the Spurs could have won both games last week. I think if you look at the roster that they had, I mean, they had 10 guys for both games, basically. A lot of rotation players out for both. Getting one or the other is a pretty big deal. You don't want to get too gritty. They could have won at Oklahoma City, but the, the reason they didn't was kind of self-explanatory. I mean, they didn't have their finishers. They put themselves in position to win, but when you're going down to the stretch needing – I mean, Patty Mills is great at his job, but I mean, that's not the guy that you kind of depend on to create something down the stretch. I think, like Tom mentioned, um, you know, they did a great job. Pop did a great job of, of putting them in position, but getting through that week one and one uh, was probably all they could ask for. And now um, you have the, the Nets coming in on Monday night. I believe Kevin Durant is out, right? But you still have two other all-stars to deal with. Kevin Durant is out, but you still have uh, Kyrie. Uh, who who Kyrie does not seem to have problems playing the AT&T Center, by the way. That's true. I think Kyrie still holds the um, building record for scoring for, for an opponent. So he, he's going to be a handful. And, and so, yeah, so is James. The, the Nets can score. That's the thing. The Nets have the highest score. Even without Kevin, they can score. They have the highest scoring um, offense in the in the NBA. And so, if the Spurs don't have their horses, it's it's gonna be it's hard to see them keeping up. But yeah, you never know. Maybe Demar has another game like he did did the other night against against New Orleans. And let's talk about that some more. Like that that was a really un, really gutsy and unexpected kind of performance. Just coming. coming was it? <laughs> Like he once, played, once, he once we got the word that he was going to play, I, I for one expected a huge game. He hadn't, pl- he hadn't played or practiced played, in two weeks. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I don't know that people understand how difficult that is to do. To have not played or practiced or, or worked out. Do we know if he worked out? Because half that time he's in a hotel room in Charlotte. Um, the other half he's you know dealing with his his father's death and and the funeral. Like I don't know how much he was able to do cardio wise, conditioning wise. Um, to just show up off the street and play an NBA game and go for 32 and 11 when your team just desperately needed that kind of performance from you um, is is pretty darn special, I think. I'm not downplaying it or disputing that at all. I'm just saying that when I saw, when I got the email that said that he's available to play on, was that Saturday night? I kind of expected it, even despite everything that you're talking about. He just seems like, the type, you know, knowing this was his first game back since the death of his father, uh, knowing that he had watched the Spurs kind of uh, lose an opportunity to win at Oklahoma City, saw how much he was needed. Um, you know, he this this whole year, really his whole tenure in, in San Antonio has been about how people maybe don't give DeMar DeRozan the credit that he deserves. And this was just an example of um, – he, he's not known NBA wide or even San Antonio wide as, as a gamer, as a guy who, who lives up to big moments. But I, I think he's done that a lot more than people realize. The all-star snub might've played a part into it too, but sure. I, I, I thought he, it was just a classic case of him doing what he always does, letting the game come to him and, you know, figuring it out as he goes. Um, I didn't see him, you know, going, doing something extra because of the all-star snub, although that's hard to, you know, 
quantify, but um, I just thought it, he's just, just a great game. And and like Jeff was saying, I was I was on the side of thinking, yeah, there might be some rust to to shake off, and you know, uh, having been out for so long. And I guess uh, Keldon Johnson will will be keeping an eye on him. You know, he's listed as questionable for tonight, so we'll see see how he uh, how he responds. Well, well, to your point, Tom, about him not about Demar not doing too much against New Orleans. Um, the closing, some you guys were taking meticulous notes for for game stories and whatnot. <laughs> but so you'll have to refresh my memory. But in the closing minute, on in in some big possessions where um, typically you know your score just goes and gets you a bucket. Demar, like Tom was saying, continued to kind of make the right play. And there was there was a, a situation. I'm, I'm almost positive it was in the last minute when when it was a it was a penetrating dish for a three. He instead of forcing the the shot in traffic, he hit the open man, and that's what he's been doing all year. That yeah. might be why he's not an all star because he doesn't average as many points as Devin Booker um, or some of these other guys. But he's he's had a tremendous statistical year when you go up and down the box score and in terms of just impact on the game. And, so and I, guess I, he, I don't think we can say enough about him. I guess we, I guess he really is kind of upset about not making the all-star team. We haven't been able to talk to him yet, but that's sort of what other players, teammates have alluded to that, that DeMar is right. kind of upset at the snub, uh, which, you know, I, I guess everyone looked like some rec- rec- recognition, but man, mm-hmm. if this is the year to be snubbed, I think this is the year where I wouldn't mind it so much for a host of reasons. That's, that, that, that's what it is. I mean, it's not necessarily about like he, he he's desperate to fly to Atlanta and stay in a hotel room for two days and then go sit on the bench for the majority of uh, probably not that great all-star game. But I mean, you want the respect of your peers. And I know that, um, Jeff, you, you've never had that, but it, it is something that you've probably desired. Is that, that, is that, that is correct? Not true. Is that There's not, that is, that is untrue. That is patently. There was one day in uh, 2012, I had the respect of one of my peers. Who was that? Uh, it, uh, well, I'll just remain nameless. Cause now my, story, now? now my story is falling apart. <laughs> uh-huh. Je- uh, Nick Talbot hasn't has spoken much. <laughs> Nick, Tal- Nick, Nick Talbot hasn't spoken much on this podcast. Does, does Jeff McDonald at least have the respect of his <laughs> sup- superiors? Jeff McDonald has the respect of his superiors. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. make a lot of typos, and his superiors appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's well, take that. No, finger. but I think that I think the point is, uh, you know, you if if you're talking about the best guys and you think you're the best guy, you want the other players to say you're one of the best guys, the other coaches, the, the fans. And I, I can see how DeMar would be upset about that, even if you don't like how many times in my life have I been uh, uh, received an invitation that I did not want to go? Like, I never want to go anywhere. Even like before all this quarantine stuff, it was like, oh, people want me to go someplace. I don't want to go someplace, but I want to be asked. You know, I'd be upset if I wasn't asked. It's like you you want the right to, to complain about not getting to go, I think. I think I, I, think I relate to DeMar totally. In this you situation. sound like such a like, diva right now. My goodness. <laughs> like, like if he would have been, if he would have been invited to the All-Star game, he would have been, up and oh, I gotta go to the All Star game after this month I've been through. But it was, uh, it was tough. Tough. this yeah. is the year. This is the year where you want to be invited to the All Star game, but then you want to have a sore knee. 
so you don't have to go. Right. Yeah. There you go. Go ahead, Tom. Well, I thought it was telling that Pop uh, really endorsed him after after the snub. Um, you know, I don't. I, I know he's supported guys in the past before, but he doesn't really do that a lot, right? Uh, but he was very passionate about uh, uh, endorsing and um, the dynamic. You know, that, yeah. That's it's interesting that the, the dynamic with Pop and Demar. Yes, is that Pop is always going to stick up for Demar because he thinks that that most people don't. Like yeah. like Pop did not have to stick up for Tim Duncan because everyone acknowledged that Tim Duncan was great. Manu, yeah. whoever. Um, Demar, rightly or wrongly, probably is a guy who 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 deserves more positive reinforcement that he gets, and I think Pop recognizes that. Is that like a, a, a an accurate assessment? Do you think? I, I mean, I'm I can't I never deigned to be in to put myself in Greg Popovich's head because that just I, seems wild. I always, yeah, but, that's. But you know I always thought he on, does right? it more with L.A. Yeah, yeah. I always thought he did it more with or does it more with Lamarcus than go ahead, than Demar. But yeah, I, I think he does it more with Lamarcus than with Demar. But but it's a good point you make. Speaking of that uh, guy, another we're about that guy. Facet, exactly. Another fascinating development is during a week in which the Spurs have been as shorthanded as they've been in a long time. Maybe ever. This of all this of all the weeks is the week that Lamarcus Aldridge gets sent to the bench. Um, something that I thought would not happen during his tenure as a Spur. I admit to being legitimately surprised that Greg Popovich made the move to when you, when you're bringing uh, LaMarcus Aldridge back from injury, he's going to come off the bench. Now. I think that's something that uh, has made sense for a long time, but I didn't think it was going to happen. And now it seems like it's going to be a regular thing for a while. And I yeah, guess, and it, like, I guess it works or I don't know if it works or not. We've had a two game sample size, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, again, I, we talked about it last week. Just anything to, just anything to get Jakob Pertl minutes, man. Just anything to get Jakob Pertl on the floor. And I know that you think I'm doing a bit, but I, I, I think Pertl has emerged as a key part of whatever it is the Spurs are accomplishing this season. And you, you, I mean, you, you don't want him. You don't want to throw him off his groove. So let Lamarcus come off the bench. He can. Um, he can for part large parts of the game. He can work against second team guys like the second units, yeah. which that that could be helpful for him. Um, and he had a really great game against New Orleans. So so much of it is going to be how much he accepts it and embraces it. I think. Sean Elliott made that point during the broadcast of the night that this this could be a way to get him going just because he's not going against starters anymore. Um, and you know we we saw some of that against New Orleans. Um, I also think not to make too much of this, but like you don't, you don't necessarily make this move with a guy like LaMarcus with his track record. If you're worried about keeping him happy and, uh, re-signing him at the end of the year. And, that is uh, absolutely true. Uh, fair. Yep. Yeah. So, Wouldn't this be his role with another team, perhaps? It if he could goes be. To a, yeah, it could work I in his favor. I, I'm not I sure if it's he's, a good way to to showcase him for this kind of role. I think you're right about that, and I'm not sure if Lamarcus sees that. But 
this could be a good thing for his future if another, you know, again, we're not proclaiming that LaMarcus is gone for sure at the end of the year or gone before the trade deadline or whatever. But just, I think for, for Aldridge's own career, for him to be able to show other teams that he can, he can be productive um, as a guy who's a bit past his prime, as a guy off the bench. It, it could be good for him. It's good for the Spurs, could be good for him. Since we're putting ourselves in people's heads and, and deciding how we think they think, I, I bet LaMarcus hates it, though. I don't think he, I don't, I don't, I don't think he wants <laughs> to do this at all. For a lot of the, a nope. lot of the same reasons we were talking about with DeMar in the All-Star game, it's, 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 there's, a, there's a pride situation, and I don't, I don't begrudge him that at all. He's been a starter in this league for 15 years. He's been an all-star seven times. You know, nobody was ever asking Tim Duncan to go off the bench. Not, not that LaMarcus is, is in that category, but, you know, he's a star like, uh, like Tim was. So I, I don't – maybe – also LaMarcus is, to me, just having seen him for five years now, is very much a creature of habit. Like if you don't yep. change yeah. things on him you, – you relate to DeMar, I relate to, to LaMarcus. Just don't change things on him. Don't, don't change his job, his role, things going around him, food you serve for lunch. Yeah. Keep everything the same, so I think part of part of it would be that just I, he doesn't like change that much, and now he's having to kind of reinvent himself. Which is why, I, which is why I thought it wasn't going to happen. Which is why I'm surprised yeah. that it did, because I think the Spurs know that about him, and I think what the decision came down to for Pop, for the staff, for the whole it? brain trust <laughs> is, I mean, basically yes, um, not quite that elo- eloquently, but. Um, what does what does keeping Lamarcus happy get us? Um, and does m- possibly making Lamarcus unhappy uh, uh, is is that outweighed by all the benefits of what can happen if he's a little bit unhappy? I think they finally came to the conclusion that hey, if if we do this and we risk losing him a little bit, like that's fine if it means more of. Uh, future All NBA center Jakob Pertl and uh, and uh, just this new style of basketball. I, I think they just finally came to the conclusion that w- we can't worry about keeping him happy forever. Yeah, um, Pop wouldn't be Pop if he didn't make this kind of move that that is for the best of the team. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, well, this is life. You know, uh, it's uh, something we all go through. How much are they having to watch his minutes? Go ahead, Nick. I said, how much are they having to watch his minutes? I know Popovich said before he went off the bench that, you know, they were, they're also monitoring his minutes. So how much is the injury playing into that factor? And do you think that kind of spared LaMarcus the uh, embarrassment of going to the bench because, hey, we can blame it on, you know, he's coming off an injury, even though kind of bad timing with everyone being shorthanded. I'm sure that, that they presented it that way, but LaMarcus isn't stupid <laughs> like and and he does have he does have that pride like any great competitor has like any great players has you know he 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 takes pride in having all when when was the last time he came off with the bench his rookie year rookie year um, yeah long and, time you ago. know while we're on the subject i mean another guy who absolutely hated coming off the bench was this fellow called manu ginobili he didn't like that that's true we, you could, he would, and he would tell you that straight out. Like, I understand it's for the good of the team and blah, 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 but I, didn't, I don't like it. So it's, I don't think it's a character flaw necessarily to no. 
um, you know, to not want to not, not want to come off the bench when you think you, I, I think it's the other. I think every player in the NBA should want to be a starter. So, you know, yeah, but we'll see how he embraces it. But and if still, he does, he, it could be a good thing for them. Yeah. Well, he, he's doing it. I think I think he has embraced it. Um, you know, he's doing it um, just like the three point shooting. Uh, he. He recognized that as being good for his career, and, and you know maybe we're selling him a little bit short. I think he's mature enough to handle this, and and I think the conversation might have been just straight up. This is what's best for the team, and maybe best for your career going forward. Yeah. Um, so this is this is happening at a time when um, I guess we could tick off the names: uh, Derek White, Keldon Johnson. Uh, Rudy Gay, those are the three rotation players that remain out. Um, Devin Vassell, Devin Vassell, uh, those are the those are the four. Quindary Weatherspoon kind of uh, is is a, a, a two way guy at the end of the bench. He probably wasn't going to play much anyway. But when 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 everybody comes back, when it's sort of full strength, do we imagine that? Um, they will go back to the starting lineup of DeJounte and Derek together with DeMar DeRozan, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl. And, uh, and then that makes LaMarcus your backup, backup center. Um, I think it's probably trending in that direction. And I think that, that, that could be uh, two pretty good units. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. they want to do. I mean, again, I'm just sort of guessing and, and putting puzzle pieces together, but that's the lineup they were rolling with um, to start the rodeo trip um, before, you know, COVID shut it down. And, um, you know, if you were ever going to put LaMarcus back in the – like part of the reason you're bringing LaMarcus off the bench now, I think, is to get him acclimated to him. Like if you right. had no intention of that being your long-term your long-term thing, then you, of course you just start him now. You need all the bodies you can get, so – you know, I, I think yeah. it's it's those two things put together lead me to believe that that is the rotation that they kind of want to go with if and when they ever have everybody healthy at the same time again. Which I think Pop said that will be after the All-Star break. They'll have everybody. They might get a couple guys trickling in here the last three games before the break, but it'll be after the break before that, that injury report is clear. And the way the injury report is, is working now um, – Again, we're we're recording this from the top secret highly secure locations on Monday morning. There's a game against the Nets this evening, and at this moment, um, all of the the COVID health and protocol guys are listed as out, except for Kelton Johnson, who's questionable um, because of reconditioning. Which basically means, as far as the NBA is concerned, as far as the official COVID protocols are concerned. He can play, but the Spurs aren't sure whether they want to throw him back out there if he has not had any conditioning for – it's been two weeks now. Um, yeah. And, and I don't uh, know if you guys noticed, but Quindary obviously is still listed as out, but he's also – his status has changed to reconditioning. So he's out right. of the protocols too according to their – it's interesting. How, he was – yeah. He was on Saturday as well, I believe. Yeah. Like he could have played so, Saturday. So he's out, but but – Keldon is questionable. I just kind of wonder what the difference is there. I mean, I, don't, I have no way of knowing yeah. at this point what the difference is between them. But it's just interesting how these guys are going to come back in different ways at different speeds, uh, in different orders. Yep. Yep. Um, another thing that happened during this past week, a lot of off-the-court stuff. 
um, there was COVID, there was DeMar coming back, there was LaMarcus going to the, uh, to the bench and we got the, what, what we knew was going to be a jam packed second half schedule. Now we oh, see geez. the details of it. Um, because five games got postponed due to COVID during the first half, that meant five extra in the second half. And that means what 40 games and 68 nights to finish the year. Um, it's not on, – on the one hand, there are a lot of Eastern Conference teams on it. Um, they're already finished with the Lakers, some of the tougher teams. But it's a lot of games and not many nights, and that could be a, that could be a challenging finish for the, for the Cagers. 11 back-to-backs. Um, no, you know, no team in the NBA has, uh, has more games in the second half than the Spurs. Memphis has 40 as well. But so yeah. the Spurs are going to be the be tied for the busiest team over these final sixty days, and yeah, that's 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 a problem. Last last week when we were we were fantasizing about what seed the Spurs might might land in the playoffs, I don't think I was really thinking about the second half schedule. Even though there's a lot of Eastern Conference teams on it, it might just be a complete pain in the butt to to navigate, and they're gonna have they're gonna have to gut out some wins. And then I'm sitting there thinking about it, like, do, do you really want to play? play your butt off through those 68 games and then make a play in that starts two days after that's over. And then pot, like at what point is it just not worth yes. it? Yes. <laughs> that's one yes. of my personality yes. though. Like, Oh, this is not worth it. I'd rather just be done. It's worth it. Done early. <laughs> part of, part of the, I think we mentioned this a lot, but part of development and part of, you know, it, when you look at this roster and, and all the guys, basically your last five, you you have five first rounders in a row that I think are going to be a part of this core. You got to learn how to play in the playoffs at some point. You got to learn how to win. And you know this this isn't a team that needs to think about tanking or or just saying forget it and not not make the effort. Um, get into that play in game, even if you lose it. That's an experience worth building on. Um, mm-hmm. Win it and get into a one versus eight game, two versus seven game uh, series. That's something to build on. All all. I shouldn't say all most teams that become champions go through those steps and you might as well take it this year. Just um, to put the schedule into perspective, they, they, they're okay. They're going to go to the all-star break. You get the break off and then you come back and they will never have two days off in a row again until their season is over. And if, and again, right. I'm not arguing against the playing game, but I'm just saying, they didn't, they didn't then, have, if you get there, the play, you don't even have, you get one day and then the play in starts. It's just such they a, they didn't have, Two games in a row, two days in a row off, uh, very often in the first half either, the way this has been. Um, you know, it, it's going to catch had, up with them. They had five days in a row off, or, but nine days well, in a row off. Yeah. Um, While they weren't practicing. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, my, it, my point it, is, this I, is I don't a, think it's. Someone described it as a, like a playoff pace over 68 days, and that's about what it is. I mean, yeah. it's a little worse because you don't have back-to-backs in the playoffs. It's just boom, boom, yeah, boom, If they boom, play boom, all 40 boom, games, boom. I'd be surprised. Sure, there's going to be breaks, and they're, they're going to they're going to miss some when other teams go through COVID stuff. Um, and look what the Raptors are going through. I mean, it's, yeah, you're bound you're bound to find somewhere in there where there's. I'd be surprised if they hit 72. If any team hits 72 this season, I'd kind of be surprised. There's going to be you know half the teams maybe get 72, but right. There's going to be a lot of COVID breaks too. So I mean, there'll be two days off somewhere in there. It just kind of depends on where it falls in the schedule. Maybe they look get lucky and miss some of the hard teams maybe they don't and end up playing more of those back-to-backs it's it's just really hard to look at the schedule this this year and 
know what you're going to get no matter what. Checking in with the nerds on 538, uh, their Raptor ratings, your San Antonio Spurs, 55% to make the playoffs, meaning top eight teams. Better better uh, chances to make them than miss them. I, I think that's – I know that's uh, that's top eight. That's not top ten. Um, basketballreference.com, playoff odds, uh, 54% for your San Antonio Spurs to make. That's right. There, it's coin flipish. Uh, yeah, seven and a half percent to finish as high as a uh, as a five seed, which would be something. It's also going to be fun, like the way the Lakers are playing. Who I think everybody they, they are the champions. They have LeBron James. If they get Anthony Davis back, they're probably the favorites. They could end up being a, uh, a two, three, or four seed, and then so you, you you might get rewarded with the with the Lakers series if you finish sixth. Um, so that's getting way ahead of ourselves, but the point is that, uh, Oh, and, and what I meant to bring up here is, um, so basketball reference has the Spurs as 54% to, to finish in the top eight, to make the playoffs, their projected, uh, record for the rest of the season, 20 and 22. So they can, they can, they can finish below 500 with the rest of this, uh, schedule and still be in position to be there because of how how good they've been so far 17 and 12 i think that exceeds everybody's expectations as to where they'd be at this right. point it's because of how they've been so far and also take out one or two teams and the whole league is right around 500 right right so right um this we can look ahead we're, we're winding down we can look ahead to the last uh few games before the all-star break where the Spurs will have zero all-stars and I believe they are by far the 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 best team in the league without any all-stars by record um game against Brooklyn on Monday night a the second half of the back-to-back against the not so lowly Knicks uh Tuesday at the AT&T Center then finish it off Thursday against the Thunder what are we looking for this last week Tom well, I'm on the record as saying I'm optimistic, so I'm going to stick with it. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking Jeff forward to that box. I'm looking forward to that box and one on Lugwin's Dort in that <laughs> final game. I I want to see how they respond on the back to back. That's been a problem uh, all season for them. So, and the Knicks aren't bad this year. I mean, 18 and 17. That's the best. The first time they've been over 500 this late in the season since 2012 or 13, I believe. So, interesting to see how they do the back-to-back. They got a lot of them on the second half as long as COVID doesn't play it, rear its ugly head. Um, so, interested to see how they do on that. Uh, picking up a win against the Thunder, I think, would be key. Get that win going into the break, too. One, one uh, strategic move there you could do with the back-to-back is, you know, the, uh, as of Monday morning, we're not sure if, if Kelton Johnson is going to play on Monday. Maybe hold him. For Tuesday, a game that you have a better chance to win against the Knicks. Um, any of the other guys who might be coming back from COVID protocols, there might be a way to space out some of these uh, these bodies in the back-to-back. But we will see. We know that the Spurs are feeling good about things. They are uh, they are upbeat heading into the All-Star break this weekend. And I think a lot of us out there in podcast land should be upbeat as well. You can be upbeat by subscribing to 
the Express News uh, by going to expressnews.com, by subscribing to the Spurs Nation newsletter. There's lots of upbeat stuff there I feel positive about. And in the meantime, everybody take care of each other and keep it real.